And the, the number one thing that I took away from that event, and I've, put, I've posted this multiple times online, is Russell on stage says that the fastest way to grow to a million dollars is to do one thing and just have one product. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that I was missing. Ooh, man, this is a great wrap up of that uh, the, the two episode series that I did here recently with Jamie Atkinson. If you recall from the previous episode, Jamie talks about hitting rock bottom. At, I mean, broke, broke, broke credit card debt and how he pushed through that. And in this episode, he answers the question which is, is it possible to make money through a podcast while interviewing your target customers? And uh, towards the end, Jamie shares exactly where his business is today. And he's got some wonderful, wonderful nuggets of gold here. So stay tuned. Listen, after the intro music, we're going to get ready to rock. Talk soon. If you're like me, you're an artist and entrepreneur. You've got big ideas, unique skills and services that frankly, no one else can offer the way you do. Yet you're probably still asking yourself these questions. How do you make money yet still have time to create as an artist? How do I run a business if my mind doesn't necessarily think that way? And how can I create a future that isn't dependent on me trading my time for money? Those are the questions we ask ourselves and this podcast will answer them. My name is Nathan Freitas, and this is the Creative Entrepreneur Blueprint. Follow me as I demystify running a profitable creative business and empower thousands of other creative entrepreneurs like you to make money doing what they're meant to do and impact the world in the process. Let's rock. What's up, folks? Hey, it's Nathan Freitas. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is part two of a two series episodes with Jamie Atkinson, our podcast guru. Jamie, welcome back, my friend. Hey, Nathan. How's it going? It feels like only a week ago that I was talking to you. And for the listeners, I guess it could literally be like five minutes. So it's kind of fun, right? (laughs) Yes. Uh, If you haven't listened to the first episode, go back. Uh, Jamie talks about this incredible journey that he's been on so far, literally over the past year. Um, and he talks about some massive struggles, being broke, taking chances, making investments when he didn't have the money to make it. Um, it's a, an it's amazing so scary episode. when you're saying it like this. I'm like, oh man, like that's that's how would you do that? It's terrifying. Well, it's funny, man, because I, I think I mentioned this to you, but the as I was editing our episode and, and posting it, there was this statement that just slapped me across the face where you said. I realized one thing, Nathan, that I had been playing it safe my entire life, and that was the biggest mistake I made. It was, it was the, you taking that chance and struggling so hard that you had to find the will and the, like the, the ability within yourself, and that gave you the confidence to, to do what you're doing now. And it, I hear that across. Yeah. God, I hear yeah. that from I mean, a lot I'm, of I'm not even like, not even confidence, but necessity. Right. When you're in that vulnerable position, it's not about like, oh, I have the motivation to do this. It's like, hey, if I don't do this, I'm going to die because I can't eat. You know, it's like a necessity which drives you. Right. It's the must. Yeah. You hear hear Tony Robbins talk about that. You know, he's he's like, you know, the the way to success is to burn the bridges. Right. There 
when there are no options, there's no escape route, you must succeed. And when you create that and you did, <laughs> um, you're successful. Yeah, so I, I think, that's well, cool. it, and, and folks that haven't listened to that first episode and wondering who the hell is this guy, Jamie, with this amazing British accent and great hair. <laughs> um, Jamie, I want you, I actually, I want you to introduce yourself to my audience real quick. Yeah, no worries. So guys, if you didn't check out the first episode, I'm Jamie Atkinson. I'm actually from a town called Shrewsbury in the UK. And I'll be honest, like I'm a so-called podcast expert now, but like even, even now I don't really consider myself an expert. I just consider myself as somebody who's figured out a way to do podcasting different to what other people are doing it. And, you know, we've been able to create this amazing community of people where we're helping them to go out and start a podcast and have the confidence to do it. And at the same time, actually create, you know, revenue for their business, something that's actually going to drive them forward and really inspire them. Um, and that's kind of what I'm all about. Um, we run a podcast and a big podcasting community, which is growing every single day. And yeah, I'm, I'm just super happy to come and give some value and share what, you know, the little sort of circle I found in the podcasting space that seems to re really be working for us. I can honestly say, dude, you've opened my eyes to the, the podcasting has been two things and, and, and we'll jump into kind of the meat of the episode. But what, what you've helped um, open my eyes to is the fact that number one, podcasting is a great way of, of reaching people, finding your voice. It's, it's a, it's a, it's an easy way to do what, you know, what Russell and, and a lot of the ClickFunnels community talks about, which is imperfect um, imperfect action or constantly posting. So it's a great channel for that, but it's also a revenue generating channel. And that, that kind of leads me to this, this question you left my audience with, which was, you said, Nathan, is there a way to engage with your target audience through your podcast, build authority, yet make money without a product? And that was the question you left us with. And that's a good question. question. We're going to answer that in this episode. I'm very curious to see where we <laughs> land. <laughs> well, I'm excited because it's, you know, it's been a crazy ride, a crazy journey. We've been figuring a lot on along the way we've been figuring out so much. And right. um, what I think is really interesting about this is that, you know, our focus is on helping people discover the, you know, the ROI of podcasting, right? How can you get a return from what you're doing? But what most people don't realize, you know, until they delve into our material is that we're, we're not just teaching about the ROI, we're helping people get to that point where they start to get the invisible ROI. And we, and we talk a lot about this across my podcasting network is it's not just about what you can take and put in the bank. It's about what does this do for you, for your brand, for you personally, for your authority, but also for your confidence to go out there and, and get behind a microphone every day. And, you know, Nathan, I'm sure you've seen the difference a lot of my students have. And it's really interesting that while we focus on ROI, it's, we do that because that's what drives people to keep doing it longer so they can get that invisible ROI on the back end. Mm, mm -hmm. well, it's interesting though. I, I, from, from my experience, it's the invisible ROI that's actually been driving me. Mm, uh, mm. Having, so, talking to someone who I don't know that well saying, dude, I listen to you every morning and you literally Isn't like that crazy. Yeah. Like, that, that, I was like, holy crap. I, like, even if I'm just impacting one person's life, that's amazing. So, well, let, let's, let, let's jump in. Cause I, you, you had, when, when we left, you left us with that question. You had kind of start, you had started to find your niche. You, you were, you were intrigued by podcasting, but I don't think you had yet even created a product 
Walk me through what was that? What was that next step um, to figuring out how to create authority while still making money? Well, it was really tricky. And, and I and I think this is a question that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is they get to this moment where they have this kind of like light bulb moment, clarity in their mind. And they say, you know what? I want to serve this person, right? I want to work with entrepreneurs who are, you know, out there building funnels, or I want to work with, you know, this type of person. And it's great to get that clarity. But then the next question quickly becomes like, well, how the hell do I help them? Right. Mm-hmm. What do I know? How can I actually serve them? And what was really interesting is that, you know, since Funnel Hacking Live from the February to the April, you know, I've been, you know, making and, and scraping and getting by trying to make that money. And we talked about in the last episode how I had to get, you know, $7,000 out of thin air, which was more money than I'd ever made before. Right. I managed to do it just on that necessity, right? That pure drive that I had to make the payment because if I didn't, I was done. And, and, and I pushed myself and there was that that relentlessness, but there wasn't that fulfillment. There was that feeling inside of me that I was just not serving the person I wanted to. And, you know, I turned to my girlfriend and I said at the time, I'm like, man, yeah, we're making money, but this sucks. Like, I don't want to speak to dentists every day. Like, that's just not my jam. Those aren't my people. Like, I want to be serving people like these entrepreneurs that I met at Funnel Hacking Live. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, go do that. So, you know, I then started to ask myself, well, how can I do that? And, you know, I had that late night phone call. And I, I don't know if we covered this in the last episode. I can't remember. But, you know, somebody reached out and said, Jamie, you've been launching a podcast. You should go and do that now. Right. And um, that was really the beginning, right? And when I had that idea, and it's really interesting because I documented this on my podcast, there's an episode I did which said I just got handed a million dollar business on a platter, which is going to be really interesting because I recorded that the, the <laughs> 20 minutes after or like an hour after she, she told me that, right? Mm. And so by, hopefully we want to get to the million by like next year. So that's going to be really interesting to see that contrast. But from that point where I did that episode and I had that idea to launching the beta was only three weeks. So from the point where I had this idea that I could potentially run a podcast course or do something around podcasting to actually launching and selling out a beta program, you know, we, we sold 11 people into that program, made $12,000, was only three weeks. And a lot of people will hear that and be like, well, how can you do that, right? You, you're not an expert. You're not an authority. Like, how can you sell a course if you haven't exactly. done, you know, there's something yourself? And there's a lot of negativity around that. A lot of people out there saying, you shouldn't make a course if you haven't done this for years and years and years, right? There's a lot of people who would throw that out there. Um, but what, what I kind of decided was, well, what about if I just show people that I'm just a couple steps ahead? And this was kind of the premise of my whole program. I didn't go out there and make false claims. I didn't go out there and say, like, I'm an expert. I went out and, and like I talked about in my last episode, I wanted to live authentically and live transparently and say to mm-hmm. people, look, this is exactly where I am. This is exactly what I know. Like, I don't know much more than you, but I've managed to figure out these few steps. And I'd love for you to come along with this journey. And the process kind of looked like this, Nathan. I, I, I had the idea that I could help people with the podcast. I'd had my own podcast for a couple of months, so I had a little bit of experience. And I identified very quickly what one big problem was that most people had. And the big problem was that people were quitting, right? They were getting to seven episodes a month in, two months in, and then stopping. And and what I was able to identify, and I spoke to a bunch of different people, was that the reason people stop is that they don't have a clear 
goal in their mind of what they're running towards, right? Everyone's like, you should just publish more, like go and do a hundred episodes and it will become clear, like almost like just by going and doing the acting of publishing, suddenly a path would be revealed to you and there would be money at the end of this path. Mm -hmm. As we know with anything in life, if you don't have a clear goal and a clear actionable strategy of where you're trying to get to, you're going to fall off the path, right? It's like, you've got to know what's at the end. And one of the biggest mistakes and the biggest um, kind of fallacies and, and, and the biggest thing that frustrates me in the whole podcasting online landscape is that it's all about downloads and it's all about those kind of results, right? But if you're a brand new entrepreneur or if you're somebody that doesn't have an existing audience or doesn't have a big list, well, how do you get people to listen to your podcast? And if you can't get people to listen to your podcast, how can you ever make any money? And if that's not actually possible, then that's basically saying, that 80% of the audience that doesn't have an existing following has a pretty much zero chance of having a successful podcast. And in my mind, that is super unethical, right? Like if 80% of your audience isn't got a hope in hell of having a successful podcast, if your method is to monetize from downloads and they're never going to be able to get those downloads, then that really sucks. And, and this is what people go through. People go through these programs, they buy them, you know, they go through these high level uh, podcasting courses and they just aren't able to get results purely based on the fact that they don't have an audience because on a podcast, it's very, very difficult to grow a rapid audience very, very quickly. It right. takes a long time, right. but most people don't have the grit and determination to do something for a year that it takes to get that result without any return. Like there are some people that do it and yes, they can, but those are the minority. They're not the majority, right? Right. Not many people have the grit and determination to do something for a year with no results to get to that end goal. So when I, when I looked at that, I was super realistic and said, well, I know why most people are struggling. It's because they can't get to that end result. And there are people out there and, and I've had people come through my course who have bought these other programs. They've tried to figure it out themselves and they're following these traditional routes of trying to get downloads, trying to get subscribers, spamming their stuff all over Instagram, Facebook, emailing their lists, right? Doing all of this outreach, but because they don't have a big following, they, they fall into the weeds. And the answer from most of the professionals and the experts is, well, you should have a bigger audience, right? And, you know, I know a lot of um, podcasting uh, agencies that only work with the high level entrepreneurs because they know you've got to have a following for that method to be successful, right? You've got to have an existing audience. So what I tried to do was I said, you know what, well, maybe there's a different way. And, and in my background and in, in my experience of kind of coming from a sales background, right. I knew all you need to do to make a sale is to convince one person. You don't have to have thousands and thousands of people listening. You just have to be able to convince one person of your worth. And how you do that is through relationships and trusts and making mm -hmm. offers. Mm -hmm. So I realized like, if I can boil this down into something super simple and I can just show someone how to one, speak to the person that is going to be a potential customer, speak to their dream person. So Nathan, if you want to go and serve and help creative entrepreneurs, how can I get you on the phone uh, building a relationship with a creative person, your dream customer. Right. And then if the next step was, well, well, what can we do to nurture it and give them value? And then how do we make them an offer? And it kind of started to formulate in my mind. And I said, you know, I I've done cold call sales before, you know, and one of my, one of my old mentors, a guy called Ross Christopher he used to have a sales technique called the two step close. And what he would do is instead of getting on a cold call and trying to sell somebody straight away, he would first of all do an initial call 
and he would build a relationship and say, Hey, you know, I'm so sorry. We've been connected. I'm actually slammed today. Um, but Hey, like, tell me a little bit about you. I'm super curious to find out what's going on. And, and his only goal for that first call would be to build rapport, build a connection, build that relationship. And then as he then booked the call for the next week, he would follow up with that relationship and he would build more connections so that by the time he got on his proper sales call, there was already a lot of trust there and it made the whole process a lot easier. And I said, well, if that can be done via a cold call, which is one of the most harsh environments that there is for making sales, and it massively increased his opportunity to sell more, could I do the same thing in the podcast space? Because in the podcast environment, the whole environment compared to a cold call is like a million times better, right? They want to be there. They're going to get something out of it just for being in that situation. They're going to be super open to answering questions and finding out about more about you with no intent to sell behind it. So it's this amazing warm environment, which is just ready and waiting for you to build an amazing relationship. So that was the premise of it. And I thought, you know what, this could work. And I, and I went out there and literally in my first week, I went and tested this out in my podcast mm. and like it worked, right? And I, I ended up getting like a sale and I'd, I kind of subvertedly been doing this in the past without realizing it. But once I connected the dots between podcasting, building relationships and making offers, I was like, man, there's something really cool here. And that is the whole premise of what I decided to put together for my beta program. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to give people Everything that everybody else gives them. You know, I was, uh, I did an interview once with Jim Edwards and he gave me the best advice and I, and I love this and I incorporate it in everything I do now. He said, Jamie, what you want to do is you want to have something unique that nobody else is doing. And then you want to include everything else that everybody else is doing mm. as a bonus. <clears throat> so what I did was I, I showed people how to launch an amazing podcast, how to build authority, how to get a ton of people turning up on the day of the launch, how to get into those chart positions. But I then showed them how they can leverage that to actually make sales with the podcast. Right. And, and from them, it was, it was just explosive. It was exciting. That's what stood out to me was it. Uh, I, I remember, and I had known a little bit of you cause you know, we, we kind of ran in the same circle, but it was that fact that it was, it was different. <clears throat> it, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was make money almost immediately, right? With it, within weeks of launching and not, <clears throat> excuse me, and not, uh, not waiting for, you know, a million subscribers. So I know we could probably do a whole episode just on how you launched the beta, but I want to say this, I, I, my, my hallucination is the biggest question that my audience would have is probably <laughs> this. It, it, it's, uh, how do you, how do you launch a program or, or do you, I have to have the product first to launch the program? Well, and, that's the, yeah. that's the hallucination, right? That's the, the assumption is that you have to have it all ready to go. Um, but when I launched the beta, I kind of knew as a, a, a loose framework, what I wanted to deliver, but I didn't have anything done. How could I, I just decided I was going to do it three weeks before. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had this three-week timeline, and my three-week timeline kind of looked like this. The first week was, okay, I'm going to just outline what this thing is going to be, and I'm going to start to build um, an idea of how I'm going to promote this. So the first week, I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out the offer. I'm going to figure out how I'm going to sell this. So the first week was kind of like a framework, and I said, okay, week one, I want to help them build the assets. Week two, I want to show them how to launch. Week three, I'm going to show them how to promote it. And then week four, I'm going to show them how to monetize and grow in scale. And that was mm -hmm. all I had for the framework for what the program was going to be. Just a very, very loose idea of the stages through. 
And then and I kind of my offer back, you know, all the things that they were going to get when they signed up for the program. And um, once I did that, I had this kind of idea of like, well, there's two things I could do. I could either go and build this program or I could follow the advice that, that most entrepreneurs give now, which is to launch a beta, which is I build the program with the people that I'm making it with. So instead of going out and doing that, I, you know, the second week was all, how can I sell this? And I decided to follow um, a method by Brennan Bouchard and I'd listened to his training at Funnel Hacking Live and mm-hmm. he um, gave this advice on doing what we call the seven-day live launch. Right. The seven-day live launch was very, very simple. The seven-day live launch is, you know, you announce it on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you do a free training each day. And then um, you announce the opening of the program on the third day. And then you have, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is the 72 hour. Okay. It's closing. It's closing. Make sure you come in. And what was cool about this was I was like, man, like, so all I need to do is create a group, encourage people to get some free training and then give that free training and then make an offer at the end of it. And, you know, it sounds very, very simple. And I did a very, very simplified version of what Brendan Bouchard has been able to perfect. But in essence, I asked myself, okay, what is the one thing that is holding most people back from podcasting? And what would be the sexiest thing that I could teach for free on the front end? And a lot of people were struggling with, well, what do I even talk about on a podcast? Mm-hmm. And luckily I'd been, um, at How did you find that live. out, by the way? How did you know that? Yeah, well, good question. So the, the way that I found that out was really just by asking people. So I went in and all of these people I'd spoken to who were you know, wanting to start a podcast, I went into a huge Facebook group of um, 230,000 people and I said, um, and it was the ClickFunnels group, and I said, hey, um, what's the biggest thing stopping you from podcasting? And I got about 200 comments and a bunch of different uh, things that people told me. Um, it's kind of what's called an Ask campaign. There's a great book by um, Ryan Lavas called Ask um, which you guys can check out to learn more about an ask campaign. But in essence, it's just, hey, if you want to know the biggest thing stopping somebody, just ask them and they'll tell you. Right. And uh, once I realized that content was the big hurdle, I started to look into my kind of mind and figure, well, where have I learned about content before and how can I deliver that in a training? And I was very fortunate to be in a room with Rachel Peterson, um, the queen of social media, someone I massively respect at Funnel Hacking Live. She did pre-training. And uh, in that, she did a 30-minute presentation on how to plan out 12 months of content in a couple of hours. And, you know, I'd also experienced Peng Jun. You know, I'd seen his training on his content multiplier formula where he went together and he showed people how to actually batch your content and get it all done in one go. And then I'd seen a bunch of stuff from Gary Vee in the past on, you know, his LinkedIn uh, slide decks and stuff like that. So I kind of took these big, big um, pieces of, you know, Rachel's core of what she taught about mapping out the content, um, what Peng June taught in his content multiplier method. So how people could batch it together, what Gary V had told me about structuring it in different places and kind of pulled those three different elements together, making the, making sure that I gave them credit. That's super, super important in this situation saying, look, right. I learned this from this person. I learned this from this person and kind of pulled it all together into my own live training. And I went live in my Facebook group for three days and I said, Hey guys, so um, I want to teach you how to plan out your next 12 months worth of content in just a couple of hours. And we're going to be doing it over this training. And in day one, I taught them about just believing that publishing was the way, right? Because there's no point showing people how to create content if they first can't believe, right? I've got to get them to believe that this is something they want to do. How, so the first but how do you just, do that? That is, that's not an easy thing. Yeah, right. Well, the, the biggest thing that I, I realized was that to help people believe, you just have to understand 
what is the big fears that are holding them back. So, and again, you know, I'd had a lot of experience with people about publishing. I'd been doing my podcast for two months. So I'd had a lot of experience of people saying like, well, I could never do a podcast because this, or I, you know, I really want to publish, but I've never been able to do it because of that. And what I was able to do was piece together from my own experiences with people. And again, by asking more people, what was the big things that were stopping them from actually wanting to publish? You know, mm-hmm. maybe one of the things was I'm not confident behind a microphone. So on day one, um, I'd um, spoken to somebody called um, Wendy on one of my podcast interviews. And Wendy's absolutely amazing. I'm actually involved in one of her summits later this year. And she has a, a product called the Procrastination Cure. And she uh, does a lot of about like brain and neuroscience and stuff like that. And she told me that the biggest way to overcome fear is through silliness because it, it releases a chemical that is the mm-hmm. counter opposite of um, fear. So she taught me this really cool way where if you're, if you're scared or if you've got fear behind publishing or doing something like that, then you just be really silly before. So in my belief day, I, did a, I told the story of how Wendy had told me about this training. And then I told people how that when I first got started podcasting, I used to put pair of underpants on my head, right? I put my Calvin Klein's on my head. I'd jump up and down. I'd sing a song at the top of my voice and I would just be absurdly silly. I love that. And what that did was it got rid of all of this fear and then I was able to actually get behind the microphone. So I, what I did was I started to look at, okay, well, what are all of these beliefs that people have as to why they can't publish and what stories can I tell which help them feel like, oh, you know what? I could do that now, right? So we talked about being silly. I talked about standing up to sound more confident and more engaging and to help your brain think better. Um, right. We talked about why you should publish on a podcast as opposed to YouTube. And we looked at a bunch of statistics about how, you know, if you want to become top of the charts in YouTube, you've got to get millions of downloads. You want to become top in a podcast. It's like not even a hundredth of that, right? It's so much less populated. We talked about how in three days, there's more blog posts created than have ever been podcast episodes. Isn't that crazy? Mm. Every three days, more blogs than have ever been podcasts. So once I started to um, go through these different motions and telling these different stories, what I was helping people understand was, well, why is podcasting such a good idea? And how can I believe that this is something that I can do? right? It's like the first thing I'm getting them to understand is why the, the, the solution that I want to have them take podcasting is the best way. It's, it's what we call a vehicle belief. It's belief in the actual solution. How can I get them to believe that podcasting is a good thing to do? And then the next thing is it's, it's all about them internally. Like what is the thing that's holding them back? I'm not confident behind the camera, right? So I teach them the method to actually um, get confident and, and be silly so that they don't have to worry about that. Right, right. You know, and then other people would, would say things like, oh, I don't have time. That's like an, an external reason. It's an excuse. Um, external things we always call excuses. And it's like, well, I don't have time to do that, right? I don't have the money to do that. Right, so right. Um, another part of the belief were, of, on day one was like, well, here's how you can do podcasting without spending a penny, right? Here's how you can just go get your existing phone and just use your voice recorder and you can get started. And like, here's how you can create a whole bunch of content in just a couple of hours, right? So you don't have to sit down and be thinking about content every single day. So we, we started to just pull all of this training together to just really get people believing in what we were going to be doing. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And, and um, well, I want to, I want to, I'm going to recap what we've covered so far because you're, you're, you're sharing a lot. But if I were to distill this down, 
what I've heard is you, what you did is number one, you got really clear on who you wanted to work with. You talked about the conversation you had with your girlfriend, Gina. I think that's really important. Then, then the next thing you did is you went out and just started asking questions to that dream audience. Uh, what was preventing them from doing whatever it was you were interested in talking about, in this case, podcasting. And then based on their responses, you put together a, a, some free training and, and eventually a beta program to address those things. Um, the belief, uh, h- how to post content. Oh, and, oh, and the fourth thing, <laughs> and you, did a great, you do a great job of this too, is you're taking what you're learning from other influencers, other educators, and you're sprinkling that in around your zone of genius. And that's, mm-hmm. so for me, what you've, what you've just laid out, even just when we're talking about just the beta program, and you've done so much more to sense them, what you've done is you've, you've, you're kind of demystifying this. Like a lot of us just think, this is too hard. There's too much to do here. All we're talking about is, who am I talking to? What did it, I'm going to ask them questions, and then we're going to just talk about it. And I think you brought this up. You know, you're two steps ahead of them. You, you haven't mastered this at that point. No, no. And I would argue I haven't even mastered it yet at this stage. But if you are just a few steps ahead, you can help people. And one of the biggest things that that I'm, I'm trying to do more of inside of my programs and more of inside of my teaching is just to simplify things, right? Like what yeah. is the minimum viable product? What is the imperfect action you can take to actually go and do this? And and it really can be as simple as that, Nathan. You know, the first time I put this program together, I didn't even know about, you know, all of these belief things. Like I can explain it now because I have a better understanding. But at the time I was just like, I really want people to believe that they can podcast. Uh, what can I tell them? Right. And it's like, well, I, you know, a bunch of people said this, a bunch of people said that. Like, I wonder what story I could tell that's going to help them believe that it's possible. And, mm-hmm. and it was really as simple as that. And, and mm. you know, people sometimes feel that they have to go through these complicated processes. I've got to build the opt-in funnel. I've got to build the sales page. It's got to have a video and I've got to do, you know, 50% opt-ins. And it just becomes very technical, very convoluted. And, you know, I say to so many people that the very first funnel that you should ever have is really not a funnel at all. It's just a a step, a process that you put people through, Mm. right? It's just about where can I get people to come in and actually say, put the hand up that I want to join. And a Facebook Mm. group is the best place you can do that, right? It's free. You don't have to pay for any um, funnel software. You can get people to leave their email address when they answer the questions, right? So it's it's technically an opt-in funnel, right? People Mm. are putting their hand up and saying, I want to join this group to get that free training. And then the, the Facebook Live that you do and the training that you give is just your way of doing a sales page, right? You are teaching and training them and convincing them as to why they need the product that you're going to tell in the next step. And yeah. then the final thing is just the, you know, you making them an offer. And the, the very first time I did my beta, Nathan, I didn't have a webinar. I didn't have a, you know, a, a script or anything like that. I was just kind of like, hey, guys, so... This was cool and this training was fun, but there's going to be a lot of you who still need more help. Am I right? So is it cool if I just run through and make you guys an offer? I've put together a really cool offer, which I think you guys would love. Is it cool if I share it with you? And a bunch of people said yes. And I said, okay, so here's my beta program. Here's what it is. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and do this with you. I'm going to coach you every day. I'm going to go through this, this, and this. And we, we simply just walked through what they were going to get. And because all of the training had happened, there was a lot of trust that was established between me and them, right? They had already seen me teaching. They'd already gotten value. They'd already shifted some of their beliefs. So there was already an assumption 
before I even offered anything that whatever this guy's selling, I'm going to buy, right? Because yeah. you've given them a lot of value up front. And I, and I think that's what we can sometimes forget. You know, we, we sometimes want to overcomplicate this, build a funnel, build these pages. And it can be as simple as how can you just provide value and just show somebody that, that you can help them? Mm. You know, that, that was that, that, that sentiment there of just adding value is something that gives me so much peace. Cause I, I think, you know, for me, I'm so driven and I want to, I want to, I want to be out there and I want to be, you know, influencing so many people and helping them accomplish their goals. And, and I could get overwhelmed with, Oh, wh where do I post and what do I post? But it, this was kind of the inspiration. I, I started doing these morning minutes on my podcast instead of just, you know, one long form episode every week. And that's because I, I just wanted to add value. It's like, what, what are the steps that I'm going through every day? What am I learning? How can I teach people on that? Um, and hopefully help streamline or accelerate whatever they're doing. And it's, it's a wonderful process. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, you're, you're not selling anymore. You're just, <laughs> You're just, you're just sharing, just you're sharing. just sharing, right? You're just yeah. documenting the process. And, you know, I, I talk to people about this a lot. People will say, well, how do you come up with stories? And you don't even have to tell your own stories. 80% mm. of the stories I tell are stories I heard from other people. Mm. I'll say things like, hey, so I was at Russell Brunson's event the other day. And he told this story. And his story was about Arsenio Hall, right? And I'll go and I'll retell the story I heard. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, hey, I was watching this live webinar the other day. And I heard this guy tell this story about this or, you know, and I heard Steve Larson do this on his podcast recently. Steve went and did an episode and the episode was about how much follow-up is too, too much follow-up. And on the episode, he said, Hey guys. So the other day I was watching a Facebook live by Frank Kern and here's what happened. And he tells the story of a piece of content that he's already watched to demonstrate the point he wants to tell. Mm -hmm. So everybody out there, like the very best marketers, aren't just creating these stories out of thin air. They're telling other people's stories. And, and that's something that's really important is, you know, anytime I say to anybody, well, what story do you want to tell? Or where did you first hear that story? Just head into Google. And if you want to say, well, I want to show people um, how it's possible to... Um, figure out how to create a story, go and type how to create a story in YouTube and go and watch a bunch of videos and find the story that really captures you in that, right? Mm -hmm. the, the person that said it and say, guys, I was on YouTube the other day and I just heard this story by this guy, Jay Abrams, right? Like, and whoever it might be. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's this amazing director and he did this and, and you can retell a story and, and all you have to do is just have the, um, the idea of, well, what story do I want to tell? And then you can just go and find those stories online and retell them. And what's nice about this, and, and you know, a lot of people are like, well, that's, you, know, you can't steal other people's stuff and things like that, is that nothing out there is new. There's, there's nothing really that's been created that hasn't ever been th thunk of before in some way or the other. Everything is a rendition, yeah. right, on like yeah. other people's ideas. All you have to do is you just have to be very, very aware that you can't claim something else as your own, like big mistake someone like Jay Shetty made, right? Like the huge outrage with him recently because he, you know, technically stole people's quotes and didn't give them credit. Um, and something that Russell Brunson does very well. Every time he comes up and shares an idea, you know, the thing that Russell Brunson is arguably most famous for is the perfect webinar script. But the perfect webinar script, there's nothing in there 
that is unique. Everything is stuff that Russell has learned from other people. Mm -hmm. But when he goes through it, he says, so this is the stack and the stack is by this guy. And, you know, here's the hero's two journeys. And this is what I based the Epiphany Bridge script on. And he, right. he tells and he gives and he attributes to the people that actually created these concepts and um, reforms it into his own product. And really, any educational product, a course, coaching, anything like that, it's just the redistribution of known concepts into one easily manageable um, process with an end goal in mind, right? right? All you're taking is existing concepts to get them to an end goal, and you are basically the curator of information to make it easier. And this isn't a new concept. This has been done throughout the ages when it comes to books. Like books originally were the, the different stories that people told or the different solutions that people told, and they were created together into a singular book so that the organization of information was easier to consume. Exactly the same concept. We've been doing it for eons. Um, but sometimes people get a little bit overwhelmed about that and they say, well, can I do that? Like, is it okay? And as long as you follow those kind of rules of you know really just being decent right like i learned this from somebody you should go check them out they're fantastic right, right. and here's how i'm using it to help you do this beautiful so i'm 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 just kind of thinking through your journey you know and i, I as i as i prep for for this episode i was thinking through you know you launched the beta you had some challenges with coaching i think at one point you had some pretty pretty overwhelming uh pressure um you hired a team you simplified right you ended up because you're you're getting larger and you're doing a lot more and you, at some point you had to focus so you killed some babies and and then it focused on scale i think with you know with the time we've got left in this episode when you look at that journey what do you think what do you what do you think was the most the most challenging in in that phase I think, I think it's interesting that I think a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people as they grow, they kind of go through similar stages. When you first get started, all you want to do is make the money, right? It's like you'll do everything and you're scraping your bow and you've just got to make that, you know, the thousand dollars. Like I'm, I'm broke. I need to make the money, right? And you have to get out of that painful situation. Mm -hmm. And then you get to a point where you start to get a level of success. And then it's like, okay, how do I now continue and get more? And the, the instant thing that a lot of people do in that situation is that they create more things. When I finished my beta, I decided I was going to create a coaching program. And then I decided I was going to do a, um, a, a done-for-you agency. And then I decided I was going to do a $27 product. And I tried to do all of these different things at once. And because it was just me, me, myself, and I, my one-man team, it was just way too much. I just got overwhelmed. And when my attention was split between five different things nothing was getting done. Right. And that was where I, I fell into this overwhelm. You know, me and my girlfriend were in Korea. Um, we were staying at this, this beautiful, um, beautiful town in Seoul. And then we uh, were looking after dogs there. And I was just couldn't enjoy any of it because I was so overwhelmed in my business. And, and eventually my girlfriend saw the immense pressure I was under that I put myself in, you know, put a hand up and said, look, I'm going to come in and I'm going to help you in this business, which I thank her every day for what she's done because like she saved me. I was drowning in that moment mm. and came in and said, okay, we've got to try and get this under control. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, I went to the Unlock, the Unlock the Secrets event with Russell Brunson, which I know you were at as well, Nathan. And the, the number one thing that I took away from that event, and I've, put, I've posted this multiple times online, is Russell on stage says that the fastest way to grow to a million dollars is to do one thing and just have one product. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing that I was missing. 
So when we talk about killing babies, you know, it sounds kind of horrendous when you say it like that, but yeah, all does, of these yeah. products I created <laughs> were my babies, right? Like I, you know, I did, I'd spent thousands of dollars on creating like an agency model and I paid someone to build systems and I spent time building this lower down product and I invested time in creating this coaching program. And, uh-huh. and I had to make a decision and say, okay, out of all of these babies that I've created, which is the one that I want to stick with. And I had to kill the rest of the programs. And I, and it turned out I've ended up focusing on the podcast profit lab. And, you know, if you've been following my journey, since we did that, the program has exploded and, and we've started to get more people in and we've perfected the program and made it as good as possible. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think what's interesting is that it's very, very difficult to say what the biggest lesson is because there's so many lessons as you go along this journey. I right. think the secret, the ultimate secret to success is just, is just resilience and just doing it longer than everybody else. If you never quit, you are destined for success. But if you quit, then you're going you're gonna to lose, right? So it seems to me the people that stay in the game the longest are the ones that succeed. So if you've got the thing that you want to do, just don't give up. Just keep at it. Just keep pushing, pushing, pushing. You'll have pain. You'll have hardship. That's the life of an entrepreneur. Um, and the, the second biggest takeaway, I think, is absolutely the figuring out your one thing. Um, everybody that I coach and everybody that I speak to now, this is almost like the first conversation we have, right. is if they've got more than one product, and they aren't at a million dollars, it's like, okay, which is the one thing you're going to focus on? And every successful entrepreneur that you speak to, the fastest way to scale is to simplify. Um, and you know, there's a the, podcast yeah, I listen to. That is the word I was just going to use. This is the theme of this episode has, that's consistently resurfaced is simplicity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it will make your life easier, right? And as entrepreneurs, we're like brain wired into making it not simple, right? We want to do all these things and we get excited because that's the kind of person we are. We're programmed to be that way. That's our, that's our, you know, Alex Schaffen calls it an entrepreneurial personality type. You know, it's, it's an actual personality type. We are these creative, eccentric, um, visionary people that just want to do everything. And it takes right. a different type of thinker to, simplify and make processes and keep it, you know, from mm. going out of control. And, and that's why, you know, once you start to grow and once you start to scale, a team is so important is to have someone who's almost your counter, your counterpart, who is going to say, whoa, you know, pull back on the reins and let's not do go too crazy. Um, and that, and honestly, that, that focus of just simplifying and doing the one thing and getting very, very good at doing just one thing before you move on to the next is um, been the key to how we've managed to start scaling. And, you know, before then we were, you know, making money and doing things well, but it's only now that we're starting to move into momentum is because we've simplified our processes and just focused on what one thing can we deliver that people are just going to be overjoyed with. I, you, you mentioned this, this, this idea of, um, of focusing that when you build the team, right. You talked about, you just, you just mentioned this idea of bringing in someone who is a counterbalance to you. And I, I think that's, that's, I just want to reiterate how, how important that is. There's a photographer here in Nashville that I'm really inspired by. I've learned a lot from and just, just had a relationship with him over the past year. We've become friends. Um, and he, I, I asked him, I was like, what do you think your superpower is? And he says, I have a really, I, I know very quickly what I'm not good at. And he finds someone to do it for him. Um, and it's just a great reminder. We, we don't have to do it all. I love it. <laughs> we, we've talked about so much today. We've, we've talked about identifying who it is we want to work with, 
we talked about asking them questions to figure out what their problems are, their challenges are. Putting together a beta program without even a product, just going out and starting to train people on those challenges they're having. Uh, leveraging information and education from other leaders. You, know, you don't have to be an expert in everything. Um, and simplifying. And, and like th this is, that's a really easy thing to do. Um, oh, actually, me, I should, I it's a simple thing to do. It obviously takes a lot of work, <laughs> right? I mean, you, you, a lot of sleepless nights. I've seen you. You've been fatigued. You've been sick. Um, so I don't want to oversimplify it, but it is simple. Um, all right. So we started this episode with that question though, Jamie, <laughs> can, can you, can you build authority while making money at the same time? What is, what is the result of the past eight months of blood, sweat and tears for you? I think the, I think the biggest thing is that the authority comes through how other people perceive you, right? I was, I was speaking with one of my students the other day and she said, Jamie, how do I know when I'm an expert? And I, and I said, it's when somebody else sees you as an expert, right? When somebody else says, this, is, this person has helped me, they're, they're an expert in this situation. And you know, the, the whole goal of what I'm teaching inside of my programs of you know, launching to gain authority and making money at the same time is absolutely possible. And the, the key and the secret behind how I've been able to do it and how other people are doing it inside my program, I think is really, really simple. It's find out who are the influential people that you want to be um, associated with, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to be seen as an expert in the dental field, who are the experts that you can speak to um, that are going to actually increase your status by being associated with them? Who is going to be the people that are going to raise your status up. Right. And from that point as well, you know, who are the people that you can interview and speak to who could also be your dream customers, right? Who can you go out to and interview and bring onto your podcast and build a relationship with, with a view to at the end of that call, after you've built that relationship, following up with them and saying, Hey, I listened back to the episode and I noticed you said this, this, and this. I actually had a great idea of how we can help you do X. Have you got some time? And I can tell you about it. And it really can be as simple as that, just simply following up. And if it makes sense for them to use your product and your product can help them, and especially if you, you know, at the core, you, you know, you've got to have a product that you really do believe is going to help people. That's very, very important, right? You can't just falsely say, I think this will help you if you know 100% it won't, right? That's kind of... Um, not ethical, but you know, if you've got a program that you believe can genuinely help that person and you've built a relationship with them, uh, they're going to be open to hearing your offer. And if you offer it them and it makes sense to them, they're going to buy. So it really doesn't have to be a huge process that people go through. It really can be as simple as if you want to build up authority, speak to people who have influence and let them see your value right? Build that relationship with them. And by power of association, your influence will increase. I told a great story um, the other day inside of my Facebook group. Um, at Funnel Hacking Live, there was a speaker on stage called Stacey Martino. And you know, you probably saw a speaker as well, Nathan. And yeah. she's on Russell Brunson's speaking team. She's a two comma club winner. Um, she's a big player in the relationship space. Um, very, very amazing and, and very kind woman. Um, but I never met her, never met her in my life. And I just saw her on stage at FHL. And um, at OfferMind, which was another event I went to about three months ago, um, 
I was walking through the crowd and chatting to different people and Stacy walked past me and she said, Oh, Hey Jamie, how are you doing? I said, Hey Stacy, you're doing great. And we had a conversation. And, um, what was amazing about that was that I had never reached out to her. I'd never spoken to her. We'd never had a conversation, but suddenly she was aware of who I was. Mm. And the reason that that happened was I, I later found out that one of the people who I'd interviewed with had had a conversation um, with her about me and about something that we talked about on that episode. And what, what I find really interesting is in a lot of these circles and a lot of these communities out there around your particular niche, they're not big circles. Like these people talk, you know, and it's why it's so important to never do something against people, right? Like never call somebody out if they've done something to hurt you because, you know, publicly shaming people within a community is the quickest way for people to never want to work with you again, right? It's very, very important. But also on the other end, if you're able to give value and connect with people and, and, and build relationships, then people talk. And that is one of the fastest ways to build up your authority. I think there's an assumption that authority is based on numbers, right? How big is your email list? And that tells me how much of an authority you are, right? Well, I don't have a big email list, right? I, I have an email list of probably less than 2,000 people, right? Some people would say, man, that's like beginner level. But if you go into the ClickFunnels circle or you go into the Facebook group and you say, who's got a great course that can help me with podcasting or who do you know that can help me? I have a question. Yeah, that's a good point. There'll be 50 people that comment and say, Jamie Atkinson will help you. He always helps everybody. Like he's, he's great. And I'll go in and I'll comment and I'll give them support. And all of these people are aware of me. And because they're authorities in that space, they're happy to put me forward because they know I'm a, a value first kind of person. I'm not going to reach out to that person and try and sell them a program. I'm going to help them with their problem and then offer them more free help and offer them more free help. And then eventually, once they're ready, then there maybe is going to be an offer they see inside of my group or inside of something that comes their way. But you know, when you look at it that way, the, the power of the podcast has been raising my authority through the power of relationships and connection. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I always assumed that authority was related to numbers, right? It's about how big your following is, how big your circle is. But when you, can, when you can build relationships, you're creating these you know, 10 or 15 or 20 true fans. And the same thing in your program. If you focus on delivering immense value and over-delivering, you create more of these true fans. And we've seen as we've doubled down on our program now and just focused on delivering the best possible service – we've created these raving fans and Nathan, they're lunatics. Like they go everywhere and they, and they don't shut up about it and they, and they yeah. love it and they absolutely are, are diehards for the community. And, and it's totally possible to create that just by focusing on just over delivering on every single aspect. And it's a value first perspective, but it's all built around just being able to put yourself into that position of authority. And there is no better way to do that than through a podcast. I love that. You talked about true fans. Um, <clears throat> I actually did an episode where I was, I was reading uh, Tim Ferriss's uh, Tools of Titans book. And I forget the gentleman's name, but Tim t had interviewed this gentleman and he talks about the idea of a super fan. A super fan is someone who will buy anything. And you've got these super fans, I'm included. Um, and, and basically, they'll buy anything from you. So what that means is you can uh, plan on $100 a year from each super fan. So when you think about that, right, if you want to make $100,000 in a year, you just need, what is it, 100 super fans. <laughs> yeah, it's, right? it's, it's not a lot, right? Like it's, it's literally just getting those people that 
you can you can give great value to mm-hmm. right like and and i think that's really important and and this is where i think a lot of gurus in the future have fallen down and you know this might not be everybody that's listening but it could be some people that are listening is once you get to that authority position you got to stay so humble and not abuse that power right you know you, you you've got to when you have those true fans who will just buy anything that you put in front of them you have this social responsibility to make sure that you are not just abusing that and making sure you're looking after people and, and making sure that you stay humble and and don't let it go to your head. And I and I think that's a mistake that a lot of people fall down in. And um definitely something that that I've got a big focus on as we go into the future is making sure that we always stay grounded, you know, with our communities and focus on that value first. Mm-hmm. So I have to I have to correct my math just because um <laughs> my brain was junky. Um you need a thousand super fans by the way to make a hundred grand. <laughs> uh, hundred each. So anyone listening who is calling me out there, take that. Um, <laughs> I want to. I do want to wrap up with um, some numbers here because at the end of the day, you you are adding a lot of value, and I think as a result, you're making money based on what you're putting out there that is helping change people's lives. How successful have you been over the past eight months? Uh, you we just talked about how how you focused, how you built authority, how you've added massive value. What's the net result of that? Yeah, I mean, it, we, we've been really blessed and really lucky. And, and I, I dropped a post inside of the, the ClickFunnels community just a couple of days ago um, as we just closed our program a, a couple of, uh, about a week ago. Um, we just crossed the threshold for since, since we left Funnel Hacking Live and since we launched this podcast venture in April, um, we've done uh, just shy of 120,000 US dollars in revenue, Gosh. which isn't, you know, it's not, it's not a two comma club post, right? It's not someone saying, I just crossed the million or I just did this. But the reason I shared that post is that I want people to realize that to go from zero to a million dollars in a year, you know, from going to Funnel Hacking Live the first time and saying, I want to get on that stage, this super hard, right? There's not many people that do that. Julie Stoyan herself, one of Russell's right-hand people, said that she went from doing 30K a year to the next year she did 100K and then the next year she did 300K and then she did a million and then 2.1 million. And we just have to remember to be patient. But the reason I'm happy to share that is to show people that once you start to implement these principles and once you start to find your stride and once you start to find your people, the money comes as a byproduct of being able to help people and deliver something truly amazing. Yeah, it's not just about the money. That's why I was like, you know, it's, it's, it's value, but it, it just, I, and, and by the way, I want to, I want to like put this back on you a little bit. Like, don't, don't, don't make it smaller than it is. Yeah. It's not a million dollar funnel, but dude, you, you through your focus and, and focus on helping people over delivering massive value, educating, you've made two times what the average U S income is people that have a college education, People that are going eight to five, they're working their asses off of. Yeah, of course, right? But I'm just saying, like, people are like, <laughs> their average income is sixty three thousand dollars, and you you just you just made that in eight months, doing something that you love, helping people. If that's not inspiring to whoever's listening to this, <laughs> <laughs> you're wrong podcast. Um, yeah. So, dude, I, I just want to I want to give that back to you because. I think Thank it's you. Massive. I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate that appreciate a lot. And, and, that, and that wants to be the message that I want to share with people is that, and throughout this whole journey of me documenting and sharing, and the reason I talk about the story so much is that I want people to realize that it isn't, 
people aren't that many steps ahead. When I spoke, when I heard that talk by Rachel Peterson and she was on stage and she had, you know, thousands of fans and she'd done two to $3 million. She told us on stage, I started this three years ago and that just blew my mind. I was like, wow, like I just assumed that you've been doing this for years and she was a hairdresser before, right? Mm. She was, she studied hair and, and that's what she did. And, you know, suddenly she discovered these processes and three years later, she's doing $2 million, $3 million. Crazy, right? And, yeah. um, and you know, that's, that's where I want to really focus on helping people see that the steps to follow and the steps to go through don't have to be overcomplicated. If you can simplify it and you can implement these principles and you can deliver something valuable with integrity to a community that you over-deliver for and really care about, then yeah. it all starts to come together. I'm getting chills, buddy. That, that, is a, uh, that is a great way to end this episode. Beautifully said. Um, thank you again. This is uh, yeah, just for coming back on here, for sharing so much value to me and everyone in the community. How, how do people find you? Well, one of, the, one of the best things that I want to share with you guys is that the last couple of days ago, it's, it's not just me that's been through this transformation since Funnel Hacking Live last year. Um, it's also been a few other people in the community that I've become good friends with. People like Alex Elliott, people like Doug Bowton, um, started from nowhere and suddenly in the last six to eight months have suddenly raised to prominence and created communities that are really, really heartfelt. And we've decided to come together. And the, the day before Funnel Hacking Live registration, Monday, the 27th of January, uh, we've decided to put on an event. And um, Nathan, I'm going to send across the link for you guys to drop down into the show notes. And if anybody wants to understand about more in detail and have a real practical take-home workshop of how we create these communities and how we take these steps and how we take these actions, then I would invite you guys to come and join us. And if you're going to Funnel Hacking Live, you know, if you see me, come up and say hi, have a conversation with me, right? That's exactly what I want to do. But if you guys want to grab a copy of those tickets, then Nathan will have a link down in the show notes or feel free to just reach out to me on Facebook at Jamie Atkinson um, and the same on Instagram as well. And I'm just really looking forward to you guys taking this next step. Mm. Thank you, my friend. You rock. Have a great one. Thanks, Nathan. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. Listen, I truly hope you got something out of this episode that you can implement in your life or business immediately. But before you go, I've got one ask of you, and that's to please subscribe and rate this podcast. Help me help other creative entrepreneurs like you and I. And here's the deal. When you leave your rating, you'll win a 15-minute free consultative meeting with me to talk specifically about your business. Just send me an email with an image or a screenshot of your rating, and we'll schedule the time. Thanks again. You rock.